I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you? I'm good. It's a nice wintry day today, kind of the first of the season, which makes it feel a lot closer to the holidays, which I know is your favorite time. It is. Did your girls want to go out and play in the snow? Oh, yeah. We sh- we went out. It was cold Good. for me, but they uh, seemed perfectly happy out there. Wow. That's great. You know, I have a confession to make. What? I have not walked this week at all, and it's Wednesday. Ooh. Well, yeah. you did start something new this week, though, right? If I'm remembering correctly. I did. So this was day three of my new thinking habit. Hmm. So is is it fair to call it a habit if it's only been three days? I think it's a great start. You're well on your way to that habit. I mean, I think is for each day you continue to do it, it's a habit. So that's good. So yes, I am continuing on my habit. So this is it's been a really interesting experience. And I have to say that each morning when I got up, I was looking forward to my thinking time. Wow, that's awesome. Which, yeah, which I literally, because, you know, I, I mean, I don't, it's dark when I get up, but it's not like, I don't get up at like four in the morning, but it is dark when I get up. Mm-hmm. Um, And so uh, it's sometimes like, I don't like getting up, but I, oh, I, I got to get up and I have a couple things I do and then I get my thinking time. So I have a special journal. So when I think, I also write. So the thoughts that I have, I, I write down in a journal. And so I have a, I have a special journal that I, it's nothing fancy. I bought, I think I got three of these at Costco last spring. Um, and I think it might've been like 11 bucks for three of these in a package. But then I also have a special pen. So a company called Levenger has these really nice pens. These aren't their super high end pens, but they're nice. They're balanced. They feel real good in my hands. So I bought one, um, when they had a sale last spring and I never used it. So I keep this and it comes in a beautiful little metal box. And I have it right in my hands in front of me. It is a navy blue pen. Um, and it just, it's my, it's my pen that I use for my journal during my thinking time. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. And so the first, so let me, let me talk about journaling and my post. So my post for this week is wonderful uneasiness, which I know sounds crazy. <laughs> But let me, let me, so I, I received a book Friday or Saturday and it is 52 Lessons from a Christmas Carol by Bob Welch. It's a tiny little book. It might have, how many pages does it have? Not many. You know, like, why did they put so many empty pages at the end? 179 pages. Um, and one of the things that we find is is the, the author sets the stage as to why did Charles Dickens write the book. And he wrote the book because he was very unhappy with what was going on in, in England at the time. This would have been like 1843, I believe. And one of the things, believe it or not, that they had done is there was a Puritan movement that had been in place for several years that literally was downplaying celebrations of any kind, including Christmas, so that even factories were working on Christmas. And, and and people weren't caring for each other. They were, you know, the poor were treated terribly. And and Dickens saw this as a great injustice. So he writes the book or the a Christmas Carol to make them feel uncomfortable about the way they were all living. 
And as we read the story of Scrooge, there's a little bit of us perhaps in Scrooge. Hmm. And so the author is saying that, that Dickens on purpose wanted the, the reader to feel uneasy. And as I was reflecting that morning, as I'm in my thinking time and in journaling, I realized that whenever we feel uneasy, this is a blessing. This is a positive. Because there's the reason why we're feeling uneasy. There's this great quote by Leo Tolstoy. He, and he wrote, Everybody thinks of changing humanity, but nobody thinks of changing himself. And, and if we think about that, I have to honestly say, how many times have I saw something that I didn't like and said, you know, we need, this needs to change. This person needs to change. That person needs to change. You know, my kids need to change. Maybe my spouse needs to change. My coworkers need to change. Well, what Tolstoy is saying is maybe I'm the one that needs to change. Maybe there's something I can do differently. And so now if we couple that with this uneasiness, Whenever we're faced with uneasiness, that is the opportunity for us to think about a change. What, you know, is my, and so, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to open up my journal here <laughs> to the pages where I wrote it down. It's kind of cool how these journals have like elastic straps to keep themselves closed. I just think that's kind of cool. So some of the things that, that I wrote here, um, let me find the page where I need to be. It's only after we get a touch of uneasiness with ourselves that we are open, that we open ourselves to change. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of a, that's a really key point there. Yeah, then, I mean, it's like, it's like it's, you know, once you're pushed outside your comfort zone, you're forced to make some moves, right? I mean, you can right. make some decisions and changes. Right. And then I had, a, I, I kind of made a note, so this uneasiness might actually be a good thing. It's a good thing if I become uneasy, because now I know I'm in a place of growth. Mm -hmm. So then my next thought was, how can I be more open to challenging myself? And then um, one of my questions that I ask myself is, where is my thinking still wrong? And I, you know, again, this isn't, this isn't a literary work. These are the thoughts that I'm having as I'm just sitting here thinking and journaling. What assumptions do I have that are wrong? And so, you know, just to give people an idea, that's the kind of thing that is coming into my head. Now, I also had other thoughts that came into my mind. Um, classes that I wanted to teach. Is there something, is there a way I could build this into a lesson? Um, I had another thought because I'm sitting here in my office and I was looking at the office just thinking, trying to think deeper thoughts. And I thought, okay, what could I use as a better backdrop? Because a lot of my stuff is going to be virtual at least until the end of January, if not February. So that was kind of the practice of the thinking piece. So now let's come back to this uneasiness. If we simply make this mind shift from being uneasy to wonderful uneasiness, everything shifts. If we just, so when you're uneasy, try to determine why you're uneasy. 
value the uneasiness is something that's pushing us out of our comfort zone. You know, like feel the feelings, embrace the fact that there's that you're stressed, embrace the fact that something that you feel un, uneasy about something, and then say, okay, what do I learn from it? And as soon as I can embrace it as a learning and growth opportunity, it goes from a negative to a positive. And and really, this I think this fits in well with the concept of resilience. And and we've been talking about this for the last few weeks. You know, how do we we talked about hope. Um, last week we talked about you know finding opportunities and things because we're in some really stressful and unusual times develop the ability to embrace the uneasiness this was something I I, I found this this statement or this quote uh, quote by Yitzhak Perlman so Yitzhak Perlman is a concert violinist that I've listened to I mean he's he's an amazing violinist I never knew that he contracted polio at the age four. Wow. Like, wait a minute, I'm thinking, how in the world does one of the best violinists that I think has ever lived, and I, and, you know, he's, and I never noticed that he was in, sometimes in a wheel, wheelchair, sometimes with crutches, never noticed it, right? His, this was his quote, sometimes it is the artist's task to find out how much music you can still make with what you have left. So here's a man who had to deal with the fact that at the age of four, he contracted polio, Mm -hmm. but he didn't allow it to define him. He embraced the uneasiness and pushed forward. So what we're really talking about is developing cognitive flexibility, the ability to just change our thinking process. And I think you... I think that you change your thinking process by beginning to to look at uneasiness as a friend and not a foe. Deborah Searle, who's the woman that sailed uh, solo from uh, across the Atlantic, said, just control the controllables. So for her, she's, a, she's alone at sea. Um, and, and I encourage anybody, do, do, do a Google search on Deborah Searle. Um, and, and you'll just find out this, these amazing stories of she conquered her thought life. When she conquered her thought life, she was able to mentally make it across the Atlantic solo. Nobody else, there were other teams where one person couldn't continue and the other person tried to go alone. She was the only one that was able to do it. The men couldn't do it. They couldn't battle their, their, their thought life. An- another thought that I had too about, um, embracing or what I call our wonderful uneasiness is I think that chronicling what you're feeling in a journal helps you process it through. Mm -hmm. So you've journaled from time to time, right? Yeah, from time to time. So when did you ever have a time when you journaled purposefully because it was a difficult time? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. So did it, did it help you to write it down? Yeah, I think it helps to kind of get it all out on paper. It yeah. make it makes it, you know, you feel like maybe you can tackle it better. Kind of coming back to what Deborah Deborah Searle said, when you do that, you can kind of assess what are the controllables. Yes. And, you know, and what's outside of that. Yeah. I 
Great. And, and I've heard other people say that when you write it out, it's almost like you're processing those negative emotions out of your mind mm-hmm. as you put them down on paper. And then you can, so if we're uneasy, I really would encourage people, write down what you're uneasy about. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed this the other night and uh, um, I had, I had to, I had to set up a PayPal account and I had to link my bank to the PayPal account so that I could receive some payments from the John Maxwell team. And in the middle of trying to make this work, I ended up locking myself out of my banking. And I'm like, ah. And right away, I just felt all of this uneasiness and all of this stress just welling up inside me. And it's like 8.30 at night. So I try calling the bank. Well, of course, there's nobody at the bank at 8.30 at night, right? Um, what I got was our office hours are. <laughs> and so I started walking around the kitchen like, okay, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? There was this uneasiness. Logically, is this something that should cause, is, is this a growth opportunity or is this just an opportunity to have to say, David, this is going to pass. It's okay. And certainly it was the latter. There wasn't anything that I could grow from it. Um, I will say that, you know, once I was able to kind of think it through, it's not a big deal. You can fix this tomorrow. Don't don't ruin the rest of your evening and allow your. You know, I could sit there fighting all night trying to figure out how to do it, but I didn't. I just said, okay, I'm giving this one up. Sure enough, the next morning I called the credit union as soon as I was done with my thinking time, and delightful lady helped me through the whole thing. You know, she asked me a password that I hadn't used for probably ten years, and there was no way I was going to remember it. Um. But she had other ways to do it, and the, and the problem went away. Mm-hmm. So now that becomes a journaling point of, you know, there was no reason to stress about it because I couldn't change it. Sometimes it's, sometimes the uneasy feeling, I think, can be worse than, than what is actually making you uneasy. Exactly. But often, if, if we aren't intentional about it, we will just live with that uneasiness. We will go to bed with the uneasiness and toss and turn, or, you know, we will carry it with us throughout our day. Instead, if you can just kind of confront it head on and say like, what, why am I uneasy right now? Exactly. And then, you know, possibly writing it down or, you know, maybe it's like you're trying to make a big decision. This happens to me a lot and I will be so uneasy. And it's like, okay, just get a piece of paper and pros and cons, right? Like, jot it out and then you can move on exactly and yeah and you know make the decisions you need to make but um i think sometimes it's when we don't lean into when we try to like resist the uneasiness it ends up being worse than dealing with right what is making you uneasy right very good so don't resist the uneasy feeling that's that point about feeling the feelings mm-hmm. and identify where is it coming from and as soon as i process those thoughts through the uneasiness went away. Mm-hmm. Was it still there? Yeah. But was it an uneasy feeling? No. So we, we, um, we, we have to kind of gain an awareness of, okay, this uneasiness is welling up. Is it a growth opportunity? Is there something I need to change? Is, there, is my thinking wrong? Is my view of a person wrong? Am I being too selfish? Am I being too self-serving? Those are all things that will cause us to feel uneasy. And that's a good feeling of uneasiness. We can do something about it. Think about, you know, Scrooge. Scrooge was meant to feel uneasy when he was visited by 
the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Present and future. He was supposed to feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. The readers of this of the book, A Christmas Carol, were supposed to feel uneasy because they needed to change. Me feeling uneasy about the fact that I got locked out of my bank, not an issue, not worth feeling uneasy about. Because it was eight thirty at night. I wasn't. I didn't even need to go in mm-hmm. to to access my online banking type of thing. So I I I, I love your points there. So one of the ways to do it is write it out, journal it out. Another one is find somebody to be a thinking partner with you. That's just a simple little task. Mm-hmm. You know, call somebody up. If you've got an issue, call somebody and say, can I talk to you about this? And oftentimes just having the conversation, a good listener, by asking you the right kind of questions, can just lower that uneasiness dramatically and may actually point out, did you think about this? Mm-hmm. Are you maybe feeling this way because of this? And you begin to find out even quicker, is this a growth opportunity? So, so really, the, this, this idea of viewing uneasiness as something wonderful becomes a huge, huge um, opportunity for us to grow. This, the, this whole... The, Medical science has proven that people that can process through these things easier are healthier, recover quicker from different type of things. There was one study that I put here, a 2008 study in the Annals of Behavioral Medicine found that osteoarthritis patients who are especially resilient with emotional type of, you know, mental stress type of things experience less pain than others with the same condition. So we're going to feel better, we're going to be growing, we're going to be developing as, as individuals, as human beings, we're going to be learning more things, we're going to hopefully be better friends to people, better family members, just because we've decided that we're not going to let this uneasiness destroy us, we're going to embrace it mm-hmm. and say, you know what, maybe I am the one that needs to change. So this, I know this was kind of a weird topic but it was what i was thinking when i was thinking (laughs) well that's kind of weird but anyways yeah it's a it's a more abstract thought that requires some thinking yeah and i just i want to encourage us to when we begin to feel uneasy embrace it yeah don't run from it it's like, you know, I think if there's one thing, because this is kind of abstract, I'm trying to think, okay, like what's one thing you could implement tonight or tomorrow or, you know, whenever you're listening um, to kind of move towards this idea. And I think it's just having that awareness could right. be that first step, right? Yes. Re- recognizing, okay, like I feel uneasy. Here's why. Yep. Instead of saying, instead of saying, oh. I'm irritated. I'm uneasy. I'm just going to be, you know, negative all day long. Right. Until it resolves. So I think Kevin, yeah. that, you know, if, the, if, if anything, I think this could just kind of bring us all to a heightened awareness of uneasiness and searching for that silver lining within it. Very good. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And we can, as soon as we make that shift from this anxious uneasiness, to what can I learn from it? How can I 
how can I adjust that self-awareness piece? We now be, uh, place ourselves in a position to do something positive with it. And, and I, I love your example of, well, I could just sit here and be upset all day at work about that. Why? Why would you, what value do you get out of being miserable all day? And I've been there. I've been, mm-hmm. been miserable for weeks sometimes mm-hmm. when it didn't change anything in the situation. So find the wonder, find the opportunity and easiness. You know, and as we get closer to the holidays, well, we're in the holidays, but as we get closer to more focused holiday activity, and, and uneasiness skyrockets. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we, even though our groups of family members getting together will be smaller, there's always uneasiness when we're together as families. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with that uneasiness? And as I look back now, you know, as a 59-year-old looking back, oh, man, if I would have known this when I was, well, when I was nine, <laughs> I probably wouldn't know But from the time I became an adult, my life would have been so much better and people would have enjoyed being around me more mm-hmm. because I would have just been a nicer person. And perhaps some would have said of me as they said of Scrooge, from that day forward, no one lived Christmas in their heart just as much as he Wow, talk about circling all the way back yeah, to full circle. my favorite story, <laughs> huh? Man. Mm-hmm. Good job. So I'm and I'm I'm really excited about this little book. I, it's and then get this, Marissa, you're gonna love this. When I was looking at the back of the book, this author also wrote a book called Fifty Two Lessons from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> so hey Maybe there's another book for me. Yeah, I think you've I'm got your sure. you've got your reading really lined up. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Although I am I am working my way through a rather long book right now, and I know I shared this with you offline, but of Winston Churchill's life. Mm-hmm. I got to the point now where um, he's it's just before World War II breaks out, and it's amazing, amazing what that great man was able to accomplish mm-hmm. and what he had to overcome because he didn't allow himself to stay uneasy. He leveraged his uneasiness for a greater purpose. So, any special uh, bucket list activities coming up? Well, we have transitioned to our winter list. Yes, um, And we've already checked a couple things off. So, I'm sure we'll we'll check something. We're doing some lots of uh, holiday activities. And, uh, you know, now that I mentioned that we're getting into some snowier weather, we'll start. Yep. Checking those. I, I did try to make sure that my list paced itself through to March. It's a long winter here it in is. central New York. So I think um, I have it, you know, some things that I made sure could only happen, you know, around Valentine's Day or, yep. you know, my Great. birthday is in March. So trying to make sure we at least saved some things that we could do later in winter instead of all Super. holiday. But we're moving right along. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I um, ordered, you know, how I always love to go to Symphoria's yes. Holiday Pops concert. Yes. And we, you know, last year we went with some really good friends and like we were so bummed we couldn't do that. Well, guess what? I ordered the Family Pass mm-hmm. to live stream that. Awesome. On the 18th. And so we just invited our dear friends who we've we've had some contact with in within our bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, to come over and watch it with us. Exciting. So, yep, we're, we are making the most mm-hmm. of 
this unusual time. Yep. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page. Mm-hmm.